Begin Podfix Network transmission. In three, two, one. Everyone, it seems, wants to get more fish in the world. It's up to you and me, girl. Come on. There's only one way we're gonna get more fish in this world. Oh yeah, that sexy, sexy, fishy music means only one thing. It's our annual Fish Nerds Valentine's Love Show. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, whatever. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I'm Clay Gross, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, your host and best friend. I'm excited about tonight's podcast because I've got two amazing guests who are experts on fish and sex. Maybe not both at the same time, but together you get it all. So tonight we got for for co-hosts for our annual show and topics that always make me queasy, but I love talking about it anyway. I've got Doc Martin, our chief science correspondent. She is a professor over in Emporia State University. And I'm joined by Reba Sparrow, host of the Mystery Box show podcast and she is an expert on sex and she is remarkable you're gonna love her she'll be a very interesting show tonight so let's get on with it reba welcome to the podcast hi thank you thanks for having me nice to be here fishing and sex it is like the hot topic right now so you have a lot of competition uh well as you said i'm the Host. I'm also the executive producer of the Mystery Box Show, and our tagline is "True Stories All About Sex." So we have real people telling true personal stories from their lives, all about sex and sexuality and gender. Um, it used to be live on stage pre-pandemic. We're going into our ninth year, so eight years on stage, one year live streaming to a global audience, which has been really cool. Um, a learning curve, but really cool. Uh, and, um, you know, it's coached and curated, but it's all personal narratives. People get very vulnerable and funny. And because <laughs> sex, I think, is just inherently funny. Um, Something that everybody likes and is everybody gets very uncomfortable talking about, even though we're all, we all just want to do that thing. We just want to talk about it. So your show just allows... <laughs> allows that chalk talk to happen, I found. And, and I, I listen to your show a lot because, so, but your show reminded me a lot. I used to listen to a podcast called The Mortified Podcast and your show kind of reminds me of that, only it's very, very focused on the world of sex. So I, it's great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we know the mortified people. Um, yeah, similar in a way that you are sharing things that you might not otherwise share sometimes for the purpose of uh, just exposure and laughter. <laughs> but connection but connection i think that's the whole purpose is connection and normalization i think so too and your in your podcast is available everywhere podcasts are found podcast is everywhere and the show itself is on youtube oh you can watch it live you can watch it you can watch it live and we have hundreds of videos from because even when we were in the theater we always filmed it so we have hundreds and hundreds of people telling sex stories on youtube well, that's fantastic. I think I think to warm up today, though, we're going to start off with doing the news because we always have to talk about the news, and then we'll get into some of the meat of the show. And the news will help us kind of loosen up a little bit and get in the mood to talk about. We've got some uh, really interesting fish to talk about tonight because we're going to get into kinky fish in a little bit. So let's do the news first, and then we'll move on to that. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, it's time for Fish in the News because everybody loves the fish in the news. My first story is from Fast Company, and the headline is, Global Warming is Causing Bigger Fish Sticks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good headline. As humans uh, continue to emit carbon dioxide, much of, it depend, uh, much of it ends up in the ocean. 2.6 billion metric tons is absorbed every year, which is a 36% increase every year. Uh, the acidity of the, and the extra CO2 creates in the water has constantly proven to be de- 
I can't read tonight. Deleterious. Who wrote this? To the ocean ecosystem, destroying food sources and habitats and is likely leading to the loss of some species altogether. But scientists have found that some fish are capable of prospering in acidic water and are likely flourishing in future oceans. That's largely because CO2 levels are causing their sexual organs to balloon. Doc, are you familiar with the story? Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it was published in Plus One, which is usually a pretty decent journal. So that, that's a good start, at least. Well, um, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just looking at some of the figures, trying to figure out what, what's going on. Well, the fish um, that we're looking at is the, uh, the common triple fin. It's a little, oh. tiny, little tiny fish between 40 centimeters long, and it eats small crustaceans, little tiny crabs, and snails, and shrimp. And the, the increased carbon dioxide is fertilizing sea plants, called like turf algae and weeds of the deep. That provides cover for all these prey, which increases more food. The triple fin eats more, and that's why their gonads are growing bigger, because the bigger gonads mean more eggs and, and more sperm and less energy to reproduce. And when you live three years, the more you can reproduce, the better. That's right. Yeah, I noticed on the graphs that the reproductive investment is the only significant difference, which is really interesting, I guess. Um, but it is for both sexes, technically, um, increased for female and male reproductive investment. So the gonad weight for males and females increased. So there you go. Yeah. Now, Reba, now how does this like, so this is saying that the size of the, their, their parts make them better at reproducing. Is that true in humans as an expert on humans? <laughs> they're, they're fish falls, you're saying? Exactly. I, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm going to answer your question, but I'm taking notes here. Can you please remind me the name of the fish? The common triple fish, triple fin. Triple, common. Yeah. I don't think there's anything common about this common. triple fin. <laughs> so you want to know uh, uh, if, if, the si if, if size matters. Is this what you're asking me? Does size matter? Yeah, and in this case, in both male and female. Yeah, you know, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you know the answer to this already. Yes, is, I'm gonna say is is uh, we are well. Let me speak in science terms, if I may. We are all bio individuals, mm -hmm. and so size is relative, first of all. Uh, but as far as reproduction goes, I don't believe size matters at all. Um, and then you know. We like what we like. We don't like what we don't like. We have preferences. And gosh, that gets into a big discussion about our, our preferences. Um, how do I want to say this? Are, are, can preferences be, turned, be considered fetishes? And is that okay? And do people like to be fetishized? A lot of people don't. Some people do. I could go on and on and rabbit tail. Rabbit trail. <laughs> I'm, 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 I've always wondered if anyone fetishized me, but I, I doubt it because um, <laughs> this is me. Um, <laughs> so, so with these fish, though, they um, both male and females generals get bigger because of all the food they're eating, but their other parts don't. So it's it's not a ratio to the size of their body. And they studied they studied these animals in the acidic environment and the other environment, and they, they're very sure this is the case, and they're able to reproduce more. And so that's the outcome. But it doesn't bode well for other fish in that environment because it's not the same with fish who can't eat the diverse diet those guys eat because it's the, the diets make the difference. Some fish are very specific in what they can eat and these guys can't diversify what they're eating. So they're not um, like I'm going to say, I'm going to say diet always makes a difference in yeah. humans or, or regardless, diet always makes a difference. Um, what, so do fish, forgive me, I'm not too knowledgeable about fish sex. Um, do fish uh, uh, have sex uh, for pleasure at all? Or is it only for procreation? Oh, Doc, I think we're going to disagree on this one. I can't wait to hear your answer. Um, well, so I have a trouble defining enjoy, I guess, in terms of what a fish does. So in general, I guess my answer would be that the reason things reproduce is because it's fun, right? So we think of organisms eating things like um, a placenta or something else. It, it, they're not eating it because they know it's nutritious. They're eating it because it's, it's there and it probably doesn't taste bad, right? And so that's the way that I kind of envision uh, fish, fish sex is not that it's fun per se, but it's probably not terrible, I guess. 
Was, that make, I don't know. That's a terrible answer. <laughs> what I was going to say, Doc, is that humans are the only animals that have sex knowing they're going to make a baby with the intent of reproduction. Everything else has sex because there's some other drive there that feels good. Probably it feels good. And that's why they're doing it. So pleasure is where most, I think most animals are having sex for pleasure. Humans are having sex for reproduction and pleasure. So I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say that fish are doing anything consciously. We've had that discussion a lot on this podcast about what, what a fish knows, right? There's a whole book about it, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about applying our, anthropomorphic terms to fish. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> what do you think, yeah. Reba? Do I'm not, I'm not any fun. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess like, you know, humans, yes, we ha- can have sex for reproduction, but you know, we also have sex for mental and emotional health as well. If you want to talk about BDSM, for instance, or kink or any of those things. And so I guess in that regard, I, I don't know, at the top of the show, Clay, you said we are going to talk about kinky fish or something to that effect, mm-hmm. uh, BDSM and fish. Like, I'm curious to hear about that because that's that was kind of what was behind my question was, do fish, would they just be having sex for, for the fun of it? or um, And how do you define sex? Is it intercourse only or do fish, um, well... Yeah. Do fish have sexuality that isn't necessary an act of sex? Do they engage in foreplay? All of that stuff. Some of their mating behavior probably could be considered foreplay, right? And there are some fish that do elaborate dancing. We'll talk about those in a little bit. And there are are fish that can do all the things that you think and then more. It's very... We're going to save some of this discussion. I don't want to get too far. I I do have a question, though, before I I can't move on from this article yet because it bothers me. So, all right. So the the news article, not the scientific article, the news article headline is bigger fish sticks, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But these fish do not have, I don't believe, have a gonopodium like a guppy does. So these are internal gonads, which is different. Right. That's true. Reba, a is like a fish wiener. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and that's what a guppy has. If you go to the, to the pet store, they have little gonopodia on the bottom, and those ones, actually, size does matter. They've shown that repeatedly, that that's an important trait. These yeah. fish do not have that. So when these scientists are talking about gonads, they're talking about the internal mass of this weird-shaped thing. So it's not quite the same. It's not like they're walking around with, with their pants off, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> but are they, I just, I just keep having so many questions. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if they if these fish are, if these, these common triple fins, yes, so mm-hmm. they're called, um, if, if their internal gonads are increasing in size, are they uncomfortable? Does that mean, so you're essentially, you're saying, right, the sperm and the egg, there's m- more of it. And so that increases the chance of one catching. <laughs> um, right. So it just increases. Yeah. 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 We're increasing in numbers here. So, uh, but is it uncomfortable? Is it, uh, is it, uh, it sounds like it's a good thing, but then I'm hearing it's a bad thing for other fish. And is it a, well, it's good for that species. And it could be, they're saying that for other species, for other fish species, that area who have a varied diet, it could do well for them as well. But the problem is that CO, the acid and the CO2 in the water is going to be killing other species of fish who can't adapt to that. So these fish can grow in numbers where other fish can't. It's just as there's no outcome. It's just here's some information. And they're not here's really some information. Yeah. yeah. And you asked if it was uncomfortable. So one of the things they did measure is the, the reproductive investment as a function of um, gonad size. And they also did measure um, total growth, I think, of the fish. Is that right, Clay? And so that'd be just the, the size, which did not change. So right. they measured, the overall... They measured yeah. the mass of their organs, their, their liver and mm-hmm. their heart to see if those were growing too, but it was very specific to their gonads getting bigger. Yeah, not their whole body size changing. So is that going to be uncomfortable? I mean, we're talking about a, cha- a significant change. And here's the key about statistics, just because it's statistically significant doesn't mean it's ecologically significant. I don't know if this paper touches on that or not. We're talking about a change in males 
of a gonadal weight in grams per centimeter, I think. I'm trying to read the graph here, sorry. From <laughs> 0 0.011 to 0 0.014. So, this much. <laughs> These are teeny tiny, but, now, but to a little fish, you know, I, I don't have any idea. Is, is that like an increase in of their body mass, like their total body mass? Is that a significant increase in that? I don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure if they talked about that in the paper since they I didn't just give been. us the ratio of their little fishy parts to their body, you know, in the full thing. So, but it's just, it's interesting. And, and you know, it came up when I Googled fish sex and news. So that worked out. <laughs> well, now, now I want to know, are they swimming around the locker room bragging? Well, are they, does it change their, their, it did. yeah. It did, right. Didn't it make the males um, more territorial? It did indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So They're yes, <laughs> but not the, but not the females. Um, I don't, I did not see that. Um, it's hard for me to look at something for five minutes and say definitively what they found. <laughs> I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but I, I did not see it that. Up. So if that was the case, yeah, no, they definitely were. I mean, if they're males, they're bragging. So that's okay. all we've got. <laughs> we got. Either way, but if we win there, we're going to win everywhere. So, <laughs> all right. That was, th thanks for that help with that story. That went a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> All right, we're going to so many questions. Ah, it never ends. It never ends. Next, uh, next story is actually I'm going to preface this with I'm going to actually try to get this this author on the show soon. Uh, and this is a Valentine's Day event happening. This is from uh, LoopCayman.com, and the headline is: The conservationist is spicing up Valentine's Day with sex in the sea. And uh, for many, since the, since the, I can't, I can't read tonight. For many, the continued threat of COVID-19 means the usual Valentine's traditions like romantic dates and cozy restaurants are not going to happen. But this Valentine's Day, you can join with Future Fish, the international nonprofit dedicated to supporting resiliency in coastal communities and ocean-based economies by stepping up to the Valentine's challenge with a spicy and slippery offering. The partnership with Sex in the Sea author, the Future of Fish Research Director, Dr. Mara Hart. Future of Fish is presenting Sex in the Sea Valentine's Date Night, full of stories of the strange, saucy, and sometimes slimy strategies that ocean creatures use to find partners and procreate. So this is right in our alley of this kind of stuff we like talking about on this show. So we're going to be reaching out to her, but I wanted to just mention that this is something you can do. You can go to datenight.futureoffish.org. And uh, she talks about fish sex to raise money for conservation, which I think is a pretty good way to do it. That's just the, just the people know about news an event they can be part of. We'll yeah, that's, that's fun. That's for a good cause. It is a good cause. Yeah. And stuff I like talking about on this podcast. So we're going to try and rope her in. But we've used up our news time, so we're going to move on from the news here. I don't have editors or producers or anything, so I have to do it as I go here. I have my fancy noise-making board that helps me helps me get it all in there. So nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. We get it done. I got to find my show notes. I do a lot of editing too, so all this little sidebar stuff goes away when we do it. So that was fishing the news. Doc, do you want to talk about your Google Scholar article there? Oh, sure. All right. So much science today. All right, let's do a little bit. Keep it. We'll keep it relatively short. Relatively short. Oh, gosh. You know how? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not very good at that. Want me to read an ad while you get ready? Oh, sure. Yeah. Why don't, yeah. Well, I've read it, but that's okay. Go for okay. it. I'm going to do an advertisement. Oh, yes. There it is. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. Manscaped. Boy, we don't know about this. Uh, Manscaped has redesigned electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new improved lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you it's premium, I mean premium. The battery will last 90 minutes so you can take a longer shower and shave. It's waterproof too and has LED lights so you can see all your bits and pieces perfectly. They sent me one of these to try out and I will tell you I've tried it out but I'm not comfortable 
telling you how it went. I will tell you that I am uh, still a whole person and I have not hurt myself, but it's nice quality product and they're sponsoring the podcast. We really appreciate that. If you want to get one and you want to do some manscaping yourself, you can get uh, free shipping and 20% off by using the shipping code FISHNERDED at, at checkout at manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. So there you go. Uh, support, so support the show. Support the show with Manscaped. I, I don't know how I read these ads or why I'm doing it. But, if, you know, look, if you want to impress your wife, you've been thinking about manscaping for a while, now is your chance to get a good deal on it. Manscaped.com. Coupon code FISHNERDS. Free shipping. 20% off. Support our show by supporting our sponsors, Manscaped. All right, so I found um, this article. I just thought it was fun because I also think most articles are fun. <laughs> and then when I say it out loud, I'm like, oh, wow, that's my life. So um, this is about um, a cichlid, which is probably a fish. I would think a lot of the listeners, if they don't recognize that, you've seen them at a pet store. So African cichlid fish are really, really popular aquarium pets. They come in all sorts of flavors. Um, they're a really cool example of a species flock, which is an interesting um, rapid evolutionary principle. Um, ice fish are also an example of that. Super cool. And so this one is um, a specific one. So um, um, a Statotilapia bertoni is the cichlid that we're going to be talking about. And it does some really cool stuff when it comes to its mating ritual. And so um, specifically, I think a lot of us might know fish have different colors, right? So you can see that they get colored up. If the spawning season happens, they get these really pretty reds and blues and greens and yellows and all these awesome colors. Um, some of them do different like mating dances um, and stuff like that, which is really fun to watch. Or you even have uh, males that will grab stones and build nesting mounds and all this really neat stuff. But one thing I know I've covered on this podcast before, but still doesn't get enough attention, is that fish make sounds. And so this article um, looked at the sounds that this uh, species of cichlid made in order to attract a mate. So this is the male cichlid making this sound. Um, and what happens is um, they measured the courtship sounds and it's basically consisted of a train of short pulses. So um, a short pulse was defined as 10 to 20 milliseconds, which eight with eight pulses per sound. That's super fast. Right? That's faster than that. Like I'm not doing it fast enough, which is pretty cool. And so they're making this sound, this just little pulse sound, while their body is quivering. So the whole little fish body is like shaking really fast and they're presenting, um, the male's presenting his anal fin egg spots toward the nearby female. That's what I do. <laughs> you got spots. <laughs> anal fins. I'm the wrong kind of doctor for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so dancing and singing and then presenting your goods. Is this what yes. I'm hearing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it turns yeah. out um, that all of the males they found illustrated this. And then um, the number of quivers with a sound. So as they're doing that, da, 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 they're also like shaking their body. Um, as the size of the fish increased, the number of quivers they produced increased also, which is pretty cool. Um, and it turns out that that that's very sexy. It's a very sexy thing to do to the, to the lady fish. So. I mean, it is, I like to be, I don't know, texted and courted and done a little dance for wooed. And then, <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly. I can see the similarities here. I hate dancing. So I'd have a hard time. You know, I think there are many different types of dancing when it comes to when it comes to sex. It doesn't have to be like your typical dance that you're thinking about, but isn't there a dance of uh, of courtship anyway? Is drinking the wine dance of dance? <laughs> yes. Yes. Drinking the wine, flirting, mm -hmm. glances. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's all. Yeah, avoiding all a dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then presenting. Now always present. Here I With am. consent. Yes, always. <laughs> all right, good. So that's, that's my short overview of that. It's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. And I, I was trying desperately to find an example of the audio like recorded and I couldn't find it because I wanted to play it in there. So I will, in post-production, I will go and dig around. If I can find it, I'll just put it right in the middle there somewhere. Well, I can look at the authors and I can send them an email. Yeah, that'd be good if I can get it before the 10th. Uh, Reba, can you pretend you're impressed with the sound? So I'll have to get a sound clip I can use later. Go, whoa, yes. look at this. Look at that. You hear that? Wow. Wow, incredible. I know, it's kind of hot. So amazing. <laughs> I'm getting... Whew, I'm getting turned on. By a fish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Doc. Now you can just play any sound, Clay. Just stick it in there. <laughs> There's a lot of other fish sounds I could play. I have two questions related to this. Is there time for that? Of course. Oh, okay. Well, my first question was going to be, how do the females respond to the males doing that sound in the dance and the presentation? But then my second question was, is it always, uh, are there same sex? If, if fish do indeed have sex for pleasure, sometimes not related to reproduction, are there uh, same sex, same sex sexual things happening between fish? Are there gay fish? Or are there gay fish? Are there gay fish? That's a good question. There are a lot of fish who are gender switchers. Mm-hmm. Actually, physically. And there are, there are fish that are completely female, so there are no males at all. Amazonian but, fish, right? But do they do it? They do it. Oh, gosh. Oh, this gets deep. And what kind of music to listen to? Well, probably Barry Manilow. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what's happening? I go in a different direction. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there, there are some instances of um, basically fake outs where one of the sexes jo- jokes on the other and it doesn't actually happen. Um, that is for sure. There's sneaker males that pretend to be females in order to spawn with the actual female when or she just because they want to be fabulous either way there yeah. are, well there's 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 like i mean there's octopuses who decorate themselves mm-hmm. or decorate shells that they collect there, so there's all kinds of stories um but we're yeah. gonna we can save these sidebars for at for after i get into our fish kinks because some of these might blow up our stories later okay oh, fantastic yeah do you have another kinks. question Reba, before we get on no i just i <sighs> It's so interesting. I have so many things I want to say, but you're you're running the show, not me. I can just but talk I, and talk. So, matters, so I'm I'm wheeling it. I'm reeling it back. In. I'm I'm reeling it back in. Do you I see what I did there for you? All right, so we're going to talk about five kinky fishes here, and this is a, this will be the time, Reba, where you can stop me at any point, and this is a good time to like find other fish that do these things, and also you can maybe re- help us remember people are like these two things too. So. Okay. Could be interesting. All right. First uh, kinky fish we're going to talk about. I'll give you the list before I get going. We're going to talk about fish that are drag queens, fish that are exotic dancers, fish that like to have sex in the afternoon, romantic (laughs) fish, and fish that are into BDSM. So they're into it. (laughs) Doc, is that scientific talk for fish? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) These are not in Doc Martin's notes, so even she may be a little surprised. And then afterwards, I'm going to ask you a question about them, a little quiz, too. So the first one we're talking about is drag queens, and the fish I'm finding as an example of this is the cuttlefish. It's cute, it's cuddly, it's a drag queen. Is that a surprising name for a fish for you, Reba? A cuttlefish? Cuttlefish, yeah. (laughs) No, it sounds familiar. When a male cuttlefish is wooing a female, he often cheats by painting typical female patterns on one side of his body, while on the side facing the females, he shows off a typical male pattern. The gender-bending disguise fools possible rival males into thinking that they are seeing just a couple of ladies hanging out. Using this sneaky display, the males buy more time to convince the females to mate before they're being discovered by the other males. So they, they decorate half their body like, like a girl. But they're not fish. 
That's true. <laughs> They're not fish. What's happening? <laughs> I can't. I can't let it slide, Clay. I can't do it. <laughs> they are but not. What are? What are they? They are like a squid or an octopus. Well, they're a mollusk. Mollusk, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, but other, there are fish who do this too, like bluegills will do this as well. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and the idea Dude. is like, like bosom buddies. They couldn't get in to be with the girls. They dress all up, and now they're in. That is an ancient reference there, Clay. Um, <laughs> I like it. Um, and... And wow, I, I just like Victor Victoria comes to mind for me there. Is that really a drag queen? Because drag queens are like wanting to be fabulous, not for trickery, but just for like, well, I'm not a drag queen, so I can't say what their motives are, <laughs> you, you but can't. not for trickery. Well, I don't know. Are, are these, are these cuttlefish like singing and dancing while they're doing it? Cause that maybe, do they have amazing uh, hair and makeup? You know, I would, I would say, and I haven't seen this, and, and Doc is probably going to yell at me for it, but I would think because they are mollusks, and the, the squids and octopuses are, are smarter than most fish, I wouldn't be shocked to see them being a little bit fabulous in, in, their, in their play. You know, they're going to be, but they're going to be brightly colored. They're going to be, or jolly colored, showing off like a female would just on that one side of their body. And then they're going to try to impress the females and get them to mate with them too. So they have to be somewhat fabulous. And are the females like, I'm on to you. I know what you're doing. That's really hot that you're in disguise for me. Or are they like, hey, best friend. Oh, my goodness. You want to stick it in me? Like, what's <laughs> You want to drop your sperm on me? <laughs> I think these guys have sperm packets that they deliver. So they kind of like basically just put they them on. They have literal, literal packages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Wow. And, and their sperm is sharp and pointy. And uh, once it gets in, it stays in there. So, yeah. Doc, what did I do? You're... Nothing yet. <laughs> but little, I mean, this, the sperm, sperm sacs, accurate. Um, yeah. Uh, the, they get, they, um, the sperm sacs are laid near the female's mouth. So... I don't know if that's, that's common. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is at least a pregnancy when it's near their mouth. <laughs> well, that's your cuttlefish. There you go. And there, and Reba, there are, we could do a whole thing on octop octopuses with this too, because octopuses whole world is so interesting. And there are octopuses who will, they have their, their, their arms have like almost brains in them. I'm not going to call them brains exactly, but they're, they, they do things on their own. And there's an octopus that will chew its own arm off with a sperm package in it. And that sperm will deliver to the female and fertilize her because if he goes near her, she'll eat him. So he just sends his arm over to do it. It's like a sexy horror film. Nightmare. <laughs> wow. It, it must feel good enough to do it somehow. <laughs> I mean, there is such a thing as blood play. It's a thing. Yeah, that's not, um, that shouldn't be. Something's <laughs> oh, as, as we say, the limit. <laughs> as we say in the business, don't yuck someone else's yum. Yeah, I'm gonna yuck that one. I'm so, somebody's I'm somebody's open. into it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> maybe pretend stuff. That real blood is scary. All right, let's talk about um, a little bit of dancing fish. The damselfish here. This is our our pole dancer. Female damselfish's choice of a male depends on his courtship rate. Male damselfish perform a courtship behavior called the signal jump, in which they rise in the water column and then rapidly swim back downwards. The signal jump involves large amounts of rapid swimming. Females determine the male's courtship rates using the sounds that are produced during the signal jumps. As the male damselfish swims down the water column, it creates a pulsed sound. At times, males will continue mating mating and inviting females into established territory to watch him repeatedly repeating this courtship individually for each female males are capable of mating with several females they have a harem so they dance for Wait, them so they're and then mate with all of them the, so they're exhibitionists is yep. that what i'm hearing that's what you're hearing and they like they like voyeurs and and wait they're getting rated like scored 
Yeah. Like they, like Olympic style. <laughs> well, but they get his little his little they tiny dollars. signs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they get little dollars out of their scales if they do it really well. But no, they go up and down, up and down, up and down, all this fancy swimming, and they attract the females in. They do that same dance for each one, individual little lap dance for each female, and then they mate with each one of them. So Wow. Yeah. They are the most popular fish in the ocean. They're so popular. And a fish. <laughs> and they're this a fish. Time. And an actual fish. Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much. It's like things that you're saying, I'm remembering back to biology class and going, okay, yeah, yeah, we skimmed that. We skimmed that. But then you're going just so much deeper. This, this, I have, well, <laughs> Biology class was taught more starting with the fun stuff. <laughs> and then, you know. They start with Eric. Where they start with like every single time we start with 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 cells. We define life. I don't. <laughs> I don't like that because I actually do like to have fun when I, I know do. You do. But I taught I taught middle school science. We had to you know follow this this curriculum, and the first thing is we defined life. You know, all life does these things, and then all life is made of cells. And then we do a whole unit on cells, and we do it. We make a model of a cell, and then it's and it's just so slow and. You have to make it fun, but man, it could be so fun if we just started with the fun and then found our way to the next fun part, you know, together. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. eighth grade science, I'm probably not going to be teaching this. Okay. Probably not this. You know, it was, it was my eighth grade science teacher. I'll never forget this actually, um, was teaching. We were learning about whales and reproduction with whales. And she showed a, a VHS of a whale penis. And she was like, no, I need to warn you because we're a class full of eighth graders. She's like, it's not a big deal. And then she stops and she goes, actually, it's a very big deal. Let me just show you. And ever since then, I like, I just think of, you know, as often as I think about whale penises, I think they're very big deals. You can go to Iceland and there's a museum there. That's the whale penis museum. And it's a museum of petrified whale's penises. I'm not making this up. It's a real thing. You can visit it and you can be impressed all day with their giant wings. With their very big deals. Very big deals. Um, I'm not kidding when I said I'm taking notes. This is Finland, you say? I I think it's in Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, I think it's called the Whale Penis Museum. Well, you know, Iceland is trending now. All the cool things are in Iceland, so. Because there's no COVID Um, there. All right. Whale (laughs) penis. Iceland, (laughs) the Icelandic Phallological Museum. Phallological? I'm learning new words even. Didn't even know. Oh, no, no. That one's just... All right. Museum. That's not the giant penis museum. There's two. Sorry. There's <laughs> Iceland. Oh, that there's more than one. The, the whale museum, and then there's the phallological museum, which is a penis museum. It's all they have is penises. So I just learned... Well, that. I'm just going to go... We'll go to both. I, okay. Yeah, sounds like Iceland's very woke. <clears throat> well, mm-hmm. there's, no, <laughs> there's no vagina museum, though. It never is, Clay. It never yeah. is. No. <laughs> Surprising. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we had that talk. All right. So wait, where was I? We just did fish dancing and I lost my notes and here we go. Oh, I was, I need, I need to tell you a joke. Oh God. This is from Scott. <laughs> so this is my, this is, Scott is my husband and he was so excited that I'm here recording this while he's watching our daughter and he wanted to ask, this is for Clay. Hmm? What is the most disturbing part about duck sex? <laughs> I don't know. How long I watch it. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was so proud of that joke. That's <laughs> really I good. I hate that joke. Yeah. And of course, duck sex is like, just in general, very disturbing. So... Yeah. It could be. It could have been anything. <laughs> well, bird sex is a, it's a very violent thing. So yes, yes. Yeah. That's why we got rid of all of our roosters. It was just too much for those hens. <laughs> I believe that. We had. You just couldn't. You couldn't take it. You couldn't they, take they, your. <laughs> they couldn't take it anymore. They they were they kill them. They just it's like a gang. You know, it's like molesting them. Like I think it's consensual, but man, it looks awful. So we separate them. Yeah, I don't want to like. Rain on their kinks, but chickens are horrible to each other. Yes. Yeah. All right. Where were we? Oh, we were going to talk about <laughs> love in the afternoon. Afternoon. Your, your day sex fish, your mandarin fish. All right. The timid mandarin fish. Mandarin fish? Yeah. 
<gasps> Do you know the fun fact about the mandarin fish? You better tell me. They like to have sex in the afternoon. Well, apparently that, but they're, I, as of a few years ago, the only known vertebrate animal that actually produces the blue pigment color. No other vertebrate animals are actually blue. It's all a trick of the light. These guys are blue. These guys are blue. Interesting. So like blue birds, blue jays, all, all of that. It's all lies. But these guys actually make the blue pigment. There it is. It's one of my favorite facts. I'm so glad we to our whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Late in the afternoon as sunset approaches, the timid mandarin fish come out of their hiding places to perform their courtship dance. It begins with several females arriving at a place where males have already positioned themselves strategically on the reef. Females have a predilection for larger males after a long circular parade where the males try to impress the females by extending their dorsal fin. The winner, with a curiously arched position, incites the female to body contact. The female then rests on the male's pelvic fin and both stick their bellies up to rise one meter above the reef to avoid the eggs to, so they avoid the eggs being eaten by the coral. This can happen a few times rising up and then returning to the reef for a chase and then rising up again. Eventually, the two will rise up and simultaneously release their eggs and sperm together, which fertilize in the water column and drift down to the reef, eventually to hatch out to the new generation. So they parade these males around in a circle, showing off their dorsal fins. Around, around sounds, very, sounds very complicated. I'm sorry, they, they rise to the surface they rise so, that the, the, so that the sperm and the egg can collide at sunrise, at, in, at, at the high, where the sun is the high, what, what does that have to do with afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> well, late in the What's afternoon. happening? So late in the afternoon, they get together, right? The males parade around the reef in a big kind of like, you know, circle. And the females watch Ooh. and they show off their how pretty. big the fin is. The bigger males attract the, the best oh. females. And then when they do that to spawn... They basically get together and they rise up one meter over the top of the reef because if they male, if they do it right on top of the reef, their eggs will get eaten. And then they do that a few times. And when they get all you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, and finally, boom, explosion happens together and a rain of sperm and eggs falls down to make new babies. Yeah, you're describing my every weekend. <laughs> Is it Friday already? So. <laughs> And, and apparently, those, uh, those mandarin fish are pretty. Erica just showed a, a photograph of them. They are gorgeous. They are beautiful fish, and they have uh, all kinds of weird sex. So there it is. So do they oh. do the up and down? To, like one pair will start, and so until they're all kind of in this huge rhythm all over the reef. It doesn't That's say that in the little article I read, but okay. it must happen that way because they're all there together for the same reason. That's what I would. I would think that's. Probably a, a group activity, but I don't know that. I'm not sure. <laughs> now, Eric, Probably happens over a certain time period, days, weeks, or something like I that. I imagine, but they're, but they're all parading together, and all the females are watching, so it must, they must pair off. Now, Erica, when, when fish have, a lot of different fish, fishies, fishes have group sex, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of group spawn happening. And so it's like, 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 if you're looking at like, a, like these fish spawning in groups, how do... Do the, does the sperm necessarily fertilize the egg it's intending to, or is there just like mass fertilization happening? Like, um, well, so it depends on the species. Assuming they're broadcast spawners, which means that it's external fertilization, it's, it's going to be more of a statistical thing than a targeted thing. Does that make sense? Lots of eggs and lots of <laughs> sperm and just mush them together. Just throw it all in the, in the, in the water and let them land. Yeah, if it was an internal fertilization, that's a little bit more driven. Are there fish that do internal fertilization and have group sex? Ooh, um, well, so there's males that will mate with multiple females and females that will mate with multiple males. Um, and there are instances, I, can't, I cannot think of the species, where more than one male Will uh, they'll get like on either side of the female and kind of help squeeze her eggs out? That's what um, white suckers do. That they they always they always spawn in a threesome. Always yes. a giant yes. female, two males on either side, and they push against her 
They yes, all that's the other, and then it's a cloud of sperm and eggs all at once, and no yep. one knows which one's the dad. Um, they go on Mori later, and they figure it out. <laughs> they go on Mori later. There's a really cool. Statistics. I was just gonna. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna ask, like, do they care who the baby daddy is? And then I want to know, well, who raises these little fishies? Yeah, or are they just like you know? In this case, those fish don't care because they don't take care of their babies. But there are other species of fish who are good parents and do raise their babies. So uh, it does matter sometimes. But in this case, it doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. wow, we learned yeah, so, so much, Reba. <laughs> Yeah, What's parent. that? Are you learning anything today? <laughs> I'm lear- I have so many notes. I know. I don't know if you can see that on my screen. Just taking all the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, do better than I'm doing. <laughs> I'm barely getting through it. <laughs> I'm, I'm distracted because I just, uh, I'm going to get to this point out. Five minutes before I came on tonight, I just put a house uh, in contract I'm trying to sell. And so now I'm like, have huge anxiety about it all falling apart. And I need to sell my house. So it's, my rental property. So I'm, I'm a little bit distracted and not my, in my regular game tonight. And I haven't drank nearly enough. So, okay. Oh, <laughs> got a drink like a fish. Mm-hmm. Are you sick of hearing all the fish jokes that probably happen, come your way all the time, constantly? No, I, I, I no, not at all. You, you, you welcome them? Every time. I, I love that other people love it enough to tell me. Even if I've heard the same thing a million times, I'm just so excited that they're excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, and we get it all the time and it, it's fun. And it's, I mean, the fact that anyone listens to you, to you like, and you must feel the same thing. Like people care about what you're saying or enjoy what you're saying. And I mean, that's, if, if one person's like, wow, I listen to you talk for like, I've been doing this seven years now, eight years I've listened to you for 260 hours talking, Clay, and I want more. And they tell me a bad joke. What am I going to, I'm not going to be sad about that. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. And you're lucky on your show, you don't do all the talking. You get to do a little intro and let the, let your speakers do the talking and then you wrap it up and you get nice and neat. And Well, that's true for the live stream, Clay. Uh, which I think you've only known us about that long, right? But on right. the stage, the stage show pre-pandemic, I tell a story at every show. See, I need it. I have to, I have to go. Yeah. The archives. You, you'll only see two of those on YouTube, though, because I don't want my mom to see. <laughs> but you'll see just two of those. We have the the rest of my stories are on Patreon for people who are patrons get to see those. But. Well, maybe some of our fish nerds patrons will move on over and you know put some money into your show as well. They can hear you talk about dirty things. <laughs> Dirty things that don't include fish. <laughs> hopefully, don't include fish. Although I would bet you there are, I would bet you in some lotions and some products that are used, there is going to be some fish parts in there. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised. Let's talk about a romantic fish. Let's talk about the seahorse. Oh, Doc, you love seahorses? I do. Yeah, they're so cute, right? So cute. Okay, so I remember the exact moment in my life when I realized a seahorse was a fish. I was really, I was, I was little. I was, I don't know, eight to twelve, somewhere around there. And I always liked fish and aquatics and stuff. And I remember like seeing seahorses and being like, "Oh, those are so cool!" But I didn't really know what they were. They were just in the water. And then someone like, "Oh, these are kind of fish." I remember just standing there, being like, "Why?" How is this a fish? Because they're just so weird looking. They're so bizarre. So like they are. But they're adorable. cute. Fun, fun side fact, Reba. Um, seahorses are one of the most accurate hunters in the world. Somewhere near 97% oh. accuracy in their hunts, mm-hmm. where most animals are like 20% or ridiculously low. I didn't know that. The biggest thing I know about seahorses is that the males give birth. They do. Right? And and that's actually big in the trans community for people, transgendered people, um, transgendered men who give birth often refer to themselves as uh, seahorse dads. Oh, really? Oh, I love that. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag seahorse dad. You'll find all kinds of, yeah. I have to learn all this because the Mount Washington Valley Pride asked me to represent them this year in the Mr. Mount Washington Valley pageant. So I am fundraising for Pride and I'll be Pride spokesperson this year. And I awesome. am, I'm, you know, a straight white guy representing Pride this year, which is very new <laughs> for them. 
<laughs> it's going to be uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to learn a lot and I'm open to it. So it should be fun, a fun time for me. Some fisher, a fisherman talking about pride all week. And, that's uh, good. I think that's so good to represent, to be an ally and, sure. and well, represent. And, and in the fishing hunting world, you want to talk about a world that maybe stereotypically could be very homophobic and very you know, stereotypically bad for that group. It's kind of, a, I think, a contrast, which is fun. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I don't say it all wrong. I'm, I know I'm going to offend somebody at some point because I can't be woke enough. I'm too old. I, I, I do get things wrong. So. You know, I am a story coach. If you need some help, call me. I might. <laughs> I might. I have to do a presentation. It's all virtual this year. So I have to do a presentation, a formal wear presentation. I wear a tuxedo and give a speech. Uh, but I'm not planning on wearing pants. So I need to figure out what kind of underwear. Perfect. Because <laughs> what I want to do at some point in the speech is stand up like, and yell at someone but not be wearing pants. Um, but I want to have the right underwear on. Oh, you have to wear a gold lame speedo. Oh, like Rocky Horror? Yeah. Okay. I, I, you have to have the matching yeah. gold boots then. Oh, God. I used to, <laughs> Erica, I used to do the floor show. And a whip. Horror, and I was Rocky. Well, obviously. <laughs> I was like the fat rock. <laughs> yes. That's well done. All right. Outfit decided. Figured out. Old underwear. I better get fit. All right. So well, let's talk about seahorse then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yay. We're back to seahorse. Golden underwear. Next Fish Nerds podcast. All right. The courtship. This is romantic fish. The courtship in the seahorse includes caresses changes of color and entwining tails, a genuine romantic dance that can last up to eight hours. In fact, males and females dance every morning to strengthen their bond. Such dances are also useful to determine the significant other is ready to reproduce. Male pumps water through his trunk to show his egg pouch is empty and he's ready to go. That's his thing. That's your romantic Wow. Wait, okay, so they, they want to show you that their egg pouch is empty and that they're ready. Ready. That's kind of like, I'm going to go slip into something more comfortable. When I emerge, I am ready. Yeah, and I imagine they're ready a lot. I mean, they dance together yeah. every morning, and I imagine that keeps them, when it's time, they're ready all the time. Yeah, I don't know about you. I'm going to reveal something personal here. Okay. I know for me, if that's okay, do I have your con- I'm assuming I have your consent. Yeah. Um, you have if my- I, s- okay. If I sleep in the nude, for instance, with a partner who is also nude, if I wake up in the morning, I'm exponentially more horny than if I were wearing pajamas. It's true. You don't have to say if that's true for you or not, but I feel I'm relating to the dance in the morning mm-hmm. as like, yeah, you do certain things to, it's not on purpose. Well, for me, it's not on purpose. It's just if I'm naked and I'm laying next to a naked person who I'm hot for, just happens. There it is. Well, you're ready to go. You've presented it's the dance. The dance. And Are have- you a morning person in general? Yes. Yeah, me too. Mm. So yeah, it's like if it's after six or seven o'clock, man, oh. I just want to put on put on pajamas and go to bed. So that's, oh, me that's, too. That's tough, tough time of day. Yes, <laughs> and therefore I prefer morning sex. Is where I'm going with this. Not that you asked me, but I'm telling you. I was going to ask. That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, if it's past what? No, me. It's four p.m. The bra comes off. The the uh, yeah. The glasses come on. The 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 bra comes off, and um, and we're done. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Before I take my bra off too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do one more fish, and then Doc's got to go. So we're going to wrap this show after this next fish, okay? And now, okay. This is the fishy BDSM fish. And by the way, I got all these all this information from uh, the masterliveboards.com about weird fish sex. Uh, when male rooster fish, known as cocks, are ready to mate, it takes a special kind of female to get them going. The cocks chase the hen into the thick seagrass until she's completely entangled. Once the hen is subdued, she immediately drops her eggs in a shiver and the cock drops his sperm. And that's how they do it. So BDSM fish. Nothing. What? <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about it. Can you, can you break that down in layman's terms? So the, the male fish chases the female into tall seagrass until she gets all tangled up. And that causes her to get excited and drop her eggs. And that's when he drops his sperm. Now, Doc Martin's looking this up right now. And she's no, um, is that a kind of chimera? 
Yeah. Yeah. So cool. they're into so they're into bondage. Bondage, yeah. They like to be restrained. They do. And I Me might, too. Yeah. And and by the way, one of these fish stories I made up completely. It's not true at all. Right out of these this list? Yeah. So one of them you have to now your job, you and Erica, is to figure out which one I lied about. Oh, okay. Talking about. Well, I have notes, Erica, so you're uh, in luck. So yeah, we I had the, any notes. <laughs> we had the drag queen fish, which was the cuttlefish. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. That's, that one's true. And that one's true. That one's true. Also, not, wait, okay. wait. Is it not true because it's not a fish, Clay? No, no, I was <gasps> No. Trick question. Okay, and then there's the damselfish, right. who are the dancers, like, and they do the, the, pole, yeah. the jump. Okay, and then there's the afternoon fish. Mm-hmm. What was that? That was the mandarin, the, mandarin the blue fish. fish. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the romantic seahorse, and then the BDSM fish. Which one is? Pers- I've never. I feel like it's. I feel like the seahorse thing isn't true. You're dancing every day. Mm-hmm. Retiring. What do you think? Or maybe the BDSM fish, but I want to believe it's true. Right. I don't well, know enough about chimeras to know. Uh, there's not much known about their reproduction. So I guess my my question is, since we don't know a lot about chimeras, did Clay just make up how they reproduced? Because I, I don't even know if a rooster fish is a chimera. I just said yes to lend it credence when you said it. I'm like, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Because <laughs> I just made it up because rooster and cock worked well together in the storytelling. So that's my made up fish. Okay. Rooster fish is a real wait, fish. Wait, rooster fish wait. Rooster fish is the a last, real fish. The last Which one. Which one's the fake fish? The last one, the BDSM fish. Yeah. Oh, but I wanted it. I wanted everyone it to be wants, true. Everyone wants that one to be true. <laughs> <laughs> that is, is not the a, next. It is not a chimera. No, I didn't it think is, it was. I just said yes to give it credit. did. That is the next Finding Nemo, like, animation bdsm fish i'm into it you could write that story oh yeah when uh, real quick and read because listeners already know this story but the finding nemo story he the if, if nemo's mom got eaten by a barracuda his oh. dad would have changed sex into female and then mated probably with nemo so that would have been the whole story oh, i don't like it That's i don't want it <laughs> very short version because we've got to wrap this show up. Reba, I hope you had a fun time tonight. Super fun. So fun. I want to keep going, though. I respect your time. We <laughs> well, appreciate it. We, we did a good, solid show. And well, Wait, I, wait. Did I win? You, yes. Because I got it. I, yeah. said, I said, that's the weird one. That's the, you win. Mm-hmm. I win. Yeah. Do what win. do you win? Yeah, Clay, what do I win? I'll, I'll mail you some... Good fish. They taste just like they sound. Um, I feel like I'm the real winner here in that case. <laughs> yes. Um, I would like to withdraw my statement. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a free pass to the Icelandic Phallological Museum. Yes. <laughs> that, actually, that sounds great. <laughs> We're going to wrap this show up. So that's it. You've listened to a bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. No, when you should have been having fishy sex. When you should I have guess. been sexing. Uh, big Ooh. thanks to Doc Martin. Doc, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. Huge thanks to Reba Sparrow from Mystery Box Show Podcast. Reba, thank you. Thank you. What a fun okay. time. Yeah, you were great. Uh, also, thanks to Wally Pleasant for our... Oh, we didn't play our theme music. Thank you for our listener who made our fishy sex music. He won't let me say his name on air anymore. Because oh, no. I know. He said, don't ever say my name again. He said, blame, blame Dolly, uh, uh, Diana's bath salt who makes our fish news for that song. So, oh. yeah. Okay. So, anyway, that's it. Um, oh, until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds. Spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached and swim against the current every chance you get. And that's the whole show. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. That's Wally Pleasant.
pride in a basket or but that's Wally Pleasant. Um, he when I was in when I was 18 years old back in 1991, I saw him perform at a college and I was like, I love his music, and I've become a huge fan. He did the whole college scene, and then a few years ago, he put out a book called A Thousand and One Oyster Jokes, and I found a reason to get him on the podcast talk about his oyster jokes. And then I said, can you write me a theme song for my show? And he did. So one of my favorite artists when I was a kid wow. wrote my theme song for me for free. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah. It was really cool. But hey, thanks for coming on tonight. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. I really did learn a lot. Interesting stuff. Yeah, we do. We, there's so much about fish that kind of translate to every topic. And so, like, I, I, one of the things I love doing is working with other podcasters and performers because I think I can make fish about anything. And uh, it's kind of a fun game I play. I think that's true. One thing I didn't say because it wasn't really appropriate, but that I find fascinating is that all of these nuances within the fish sex and their rituals and their mating routines and everything and their sexuality and gender bending and all of it is so um, representative of humans as well. And if we sort of looked at that in nature and went, look, the fish do it, like there's nothing wrong with us. Right. Because some, you know, because society tells us that all these things are wrong and bad and everything. It's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing to have all these kind of barriers and stuff. And it's, uh, you know, it's, I don't know where it comes from or why we're so repressed as humans, but it's, but one of the reasons I like your show is because how positive you are and how kind of you kind of give people some freedom to just be who they are. And I think that people can feel that and they like that. So it's cool. Well, thank you. Hope you get to see us. Uh, Valentine's Day is going to be our last story show for the year. And then we're just doing Sex People, which is our new uh, roundtable sex talk show, oh. just until the theater is open. 